Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Disky Discussions. I'm your host, Abi Basson. The Glad Africa Championship season will officially get underway this Friday with Cape Town Spurs hosting Polopwane City and Cape Town All-Stars at home to JDR Stars. Joining me to discuss the opening round of fixtures and more is South Africa's head researcher for football manager, journalist, producer, writer and all-round nice guy, Rob Dalton. Well, Rob, thanks for joining me. Um, obviously, the Glad Africa Championship season kicks off this Friday. But before we get on to that, um, the big news in the DSTV Premiership this week, Swallows FC um, moving top of the standings. They've made a terrific start. Did you envision this start for them? Yes, they've made a lot of signings, but they still have you know, quite a lot of players that, that helped them win promotion. And obviously, in Brandon Trutter, they've got the coach that helped them win promotion. Well, I, I think they knew we were going to talk about the Glad Africa Championship uh, this week. So they were building up to get to this position so we could talk about the Glad Africa Champions, you know, yeah. doing so well, going top of the DSTV Premiership. Listen, I actually, I don't want to say I'm surprised. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people might have not expected it from Swallows, but I, I actually am kind of a Brackies fan. Um, old school coach uh, gets the basics right and creates really good teams wherever he's been. And I actually, you know, they made a lot of signings, but I, what I actually have quite liked about the way they've signed is it feels like they signed with a purpose and they've blended quite well with the few guys who, who remain from, from the, the team that won promotion. And, you know, watching them, they, they're a very solid team. It's, it's, it's quite impressive to, you know, they, they, they don't look um, overawed um, and, and, have main, and, and have maintained the, the type of football that they want to play. And, and I also think, you know, apart, apart from Brackies, they've got a few players there who, are, again, are also kind of old school, um, who, who play with their hearts on their sleeve. Um, I know they're, they're, they're old guys and everybody's talking about it and getting romantic about it, but you can't take away what, what uh, guys like Buyo Mere, Mere and Cheesy uh, Mukwena actually bring to a team. Um, they're, they're old school fighters. Um, then they're not going to, they're not going to, when you, when they get on the field, they, they go and they give a hundred percent. And I think, I think it's, 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 it's beautiful to watch. I, I look, I, I'm not sure how long it's going to last, um, the, but you know the fact is is that there's only 30 games in the season. They five, five matches already played. You know you, you you can ride this for a bit, and and the the the, the results bring good momentum as well. Yeah, most definitely. I, if you are Richards Bay and you're looking in and you're looking at the top of the DSTV Premiership standings <laughs> and you look back to last season, I mean you must be filled with a bit of regret. Yeah, I mean, you see that that's the thing is Brackies was going to do something special at Richards Bay as well, I think, had he had he stayed there. Uh another club we, we, we can talk about it a bit later, you know. I mean, they're a, they're a, a solid NFD team and I think, you know, I look, uh, it's 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 an interesting one because I I I'm not sure if they would have uh, got promoted th- this year or last year if Brackies was there. Um, I think, but they must miss him because, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's a good old professional. Um, wherever I've seen him work, I've seen teams move up a notch. I'll be honest. I was a bit concerned and I, and, and kudos to Swallows because 
there, there's always that fear that when a team gets promoted, um, a coach who's been attached to the NFD or Glad Africa Championship gets gets called. Oh well, he's great for that league. Maybe we need somebody uh, with a bit of a reputation in the top flight. And I'm yeah. very proud that Swallows actually stuck with them. And I, I, the, I as I really hope they do well. Also for him, you know, I think I think it, it's a reminder that a good coach is a good coach, no matter where you are. Yeah. Uh, what do you think he got right at Swallows last season? Obviously, they entered the bubble. I think it was nine points behind Ajax Cape Town at the time. What did he get right and what did Calvin Marlin get wrong? I mean, for Ajax to squander a... I mean, we all know how close I've, I've, I've been to the club over the years and obviously you, you know, for, um, working in Cape Town. Um, what, did, what did they get wrong? What did Calvin get wrong in the bubble? Well, I think it comes down to momentum. You know, the, the, the thing is, is that uh, Swallows were on this upper trajectory the whole time you know from when when uh brandon uh showed up at the club they they started moving up steadily yeah and that was it it, it was about steadiness where with ix listen I, I i still don't know how they didn't do it i i i really believe that if covid hadn't have happened they would have been promoted in march or april because they would have had that momentum mm. but it got broken uh with the lockdown you know uh they also they, they they stole some wins prior to uh, the lockdown as well. They, it wasn't necessarily great performances. It was great moments in a game where Abednego would score when the team hadn't been playing so brilliantly. And I think losing uh, someone like Abednego uh, through injury, yeah. losing Machaman through injury, uh, later on uh, losing Isaac and Klapo, all of these things broke their momentum quite. Uh, significantly and even when those players did come back you know it's it, you don't just recover from an injury and you certainly don't just recover from an injury after sitting out of football for five six months so so th- that momentum was broken and and uh streetwiseness you know the the, the thing is is that uh Calvin and Dylan were kind of rookie coaches in the situation where, where, where Brackies has been around and he didn't try to change things too much. And then, and then the, the final reason is luck. I yeah. mean, you, 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 it's one goal. It, it's not, it wasn't like they, they raced past them. It was one goal. You know, yeah. I, Ajax had many goals disallowed. Uh, Swallows had many goals given that, that, that didn't, that, that might not, maybe shouldn't have been given. And, and, and Sometimes it's just luck as well, looking or bad the, luck in the case of Ajax. Yeah, looking at the log table from last season, I mean, Ajax conceded 37 goals. I mean, for, you know, for, a, for a champion elect, um, that's, that's probably too much. You know, in 30 games, 37 goals against, yes, they scored 50, which is great, and they played an attractive brand of football. But at the end of the day, I think they only kept a handful of clean sheets Surely they look back at that and think, wow, maybe we should have just shut up shop. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the first, you know, last five games or so when they played JDR Stars, when they played Swallows, when they played TTM, they could have maybe just played for a draw. Like you said, be a bit more streetwise. Do you think, you know, they paid the penalty for being too expensive? Yeah. And, and defensively, they were fragile. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of the blame sometimes will go to the goalkeeper, uh, Nick Engelman, who, who, who had, a, had a few bad thing, moments as a goalkeeper. Mm. But to be honest, he also, I think, if I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the statistic is he also made the most saves 
in the Glad Africa Championship. Um, so, so he also, it could have been worse, you know. Um, I think def- def- defensively, um, it was the one area that, that, that I always worried with watching that Ajax team. Uh, because it was a kind of a new defense. You know, I'm, I'm someone who believes in momentum and I believe in creating partnerships and creating uh, combinations that work. And I was never sure who was going to start and in what position. Uh, you know, they're certainly not bad defenders, but, but you can put two really good people together um, and they can still make a lot of mistakes. Um, I'm not sure if if those combinations ever work completely for Ajax. Uh, and like I said, they could have conceded a lot more. I remember watching one game where um, before he made two or three mistakes, he made, uh, Nick, Nick Hengelman made about five or six saves that really he shouldn't have been able to save. Then, he, then they still conceded. But, it, you know, that, that's the thing is, is, is sometimes, some, sometimes I, with, 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 when, especially when it comes down to one goal, yeah. um, there are 37 times they should have, uh, they could have stopped a goal, and there were 50 uh, more than 50 times they could have scored. And yeah, I, 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 like like with Chiefs in the Premiership, um, if if you'd gave me a thousand rand to bet on uh, on football in March, I wouldn't have surely bet on Ajax winning the the Glad Africa Championship and Kaiser Chiefs winning the the Absa Premiership back then. Um, and I would have been very broke at the moment. <laughs> Just to, to close off on that point, yeah, Ajax actually scored the most goals and conceded the fifth most goals in the league, which is incredible statistic. Um, just moving on from Ajax, obviously they've now become Cape Town Spurs. Um, what have you made of the rebirth of Cape Town Spurs and, and do you welcome it as a Cape Town football supporter? You know, you also obviously here. Uh, you 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 know a little bit about the Ajax Cape Town Amsterdam uh, um, shaky marriage that they had, um, and I've tried to look at it optimistically. Um, you know, the thing is, is that having seen that relationship over the last decade or so, um, I always thought that as much as the, the positives that it brought and, and the promises of, of youngsters being able to go overseas and things like that. Well, well, to be, to be fair, that didn't really pan out a lot over the past 10 years. I think what three guys in that time actually went to Amsterdam a lot, maybe before that, but you know, it, nothing really, um, it wasn't a, a regular thing. No, so no, it was always just no. this, it was this carrot. That, that, that was tied to the rope that you never could quite reach. I mean, the most talented kids that I saw at Ajax, uh, Cape Town, did not go to Amsterdam, not in the past decade. Um, and so I, I think the relationship was always on its way to an ending. Um, and so I kind of, in my, from my point of view, kind of welcome it because the only thing that is obviously... You know, we, I, I, I'm not even sure how much money Amsterdam was putting into the Cape Town club. I know they were paying uh, like head of youth salary and they were, pay, they were paying it for a few things. But it, the most, most of the money was still being spent from the budget that they had uh, from the grants and obviously however else they made money. Um, and that is still going to carry on now at Cape Town Spurs. Um, 
It's an interesting thing to go back to a historical name. We've got two old names now in Cape Town, in Cape Town City and Cape Town Spurs, neither connected completely to the original. Mm. Uh, but, but, but I kind of think that, that, that the most important thing for Spurs is to get promoted as quickly as possible. And I, I say that for the development because uh, that is the expensive um, part of running that club. You know, the thing is, is that it's easy to to be like a, a lot of South African franchises, which are actually just these uh, first teams. That's all they really are. They're not a club. Yeah. Um, and at least Cape Town Spurs, you feel like it's a club because of all those those young teams. And hopefully they've used this year where they haven't been able to play youth football to prepare for this, uh, because that is the important thing to carry on. Um, otherwise, they are going to just become like a lot of other teams and everything's going to be based around that first team. But I, I, I want to be optimistic about it. You know, I, 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 when I first moved to Cape Town, uh, Cape Town Spurs was actually still in existence and they were an exciting team. And they, they, they had their own fan base. They had this, their, their own vibe about them. This isn't that Cape Town Spurs. Um, you can even see that in the logo. There's still the urban warrior there. Um, it's more modern. Um, I know a lot of people have said, why didn't they go back to the old logo and things like that? And maybe maybe they should could have. But I actually, when I look back at some of those teams from that period, I mean, a lot of those things were very outdated. Um, they, they, they're famous logos. The Eagle is famous. But it did look like... Um, it didn't look like a, a professional graphic designer had designed those logos and things like that. And a lot of the clubs back then were like that because it was most probably a club owner's artist's friend who designed things. Yeah. And I, I, so this is so I'm actually just interested to see how this rebirth happens because I kind of still look at even like I, I look at with Cape Town, the way Cape Town City was. I don't really see it as a rebirth. I see it as a new team. Um, and can they? link to that old history by creating new history of their own, like Cape Town City did by, by winning things almost immediately. You know, it, I'm, no one, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that 90% of Cape Town City fans have no link to the, the fans from the 60s or 70s. You're going to have a few with the nostalgia. And yeah. I think that's what Cape Town Spurs needs to do. It needs to create that new identity. Well, they've called on Vladislav Eric to try and lead them, you know, back to top flight I think he won promotion of Chippa United a few years ago obviously had this whole debacle with TTM he put them in a good position before obviously they bought a status um, obviously Erich is very familiar with, with I escaped on when I was there he was you know coach of the MDC um, he had a very good relationship with guys like Grant Margaman, um, Sonobile uh, so we, how do you see how do you see him integrating back into that system and do you think he can be successful? I mean, you know, considering his relationship with youth players at the club. Well, to be honest, I actually, uh, for the first, I, I went to Ecampo for the first time, I think in 2020, uh, last week. Uh, they, they did their kit launch. And um, so I went through and I, I had a little chat with Vlad. Um, also had a chat with Ian Taylor, who's also back there. Mm. Um, and... To be, to be honest, and also looking at the team, first of all, uh, it's crazy how, how young boys grow up very quickly because, like I said, I hadn't seen a lot of the, the youngsters. And 
they looked a, a little older, looked a little bigger. It was nice to see that. So, so they, 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 the players all look um, to have, have stepped up a bit over the past year. Vlad, Vlad's an interesting coach. I, I mean, look, I, I think it's 16 clubs in South Africa that he's worked at. Um, some, it may, some of those 16 may be repeats because he's been back and forward to one or two. And yeah. he's had success to various degrees at a lot of those places. But he was never really secure. And I think one thing that happened during that period at Ecomfort is he was very relaxed because he wasn't the head coach. And he got to he got to actually have personal relationships with those young players and they got, it got to develop. So I'm interested to see if that now carries on. Because being a head coach, you do have different pressures than being an MDC coach or an under-19 coach or anything like that. Um, but he, he, he did seem quite relaxed. Um, he, he was quite excited about some of the players. Um, he, look, there's a lot of young players there, which is also, always, you know, it's always a concern for me to rely on, on, on youngsters to, to, to be victorious when they haven't necessarily um, had that experience coming up. And as great as Ajax's academy is, over the past few years, they have often slipped in those major tournaments. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they'd go to get to Bay Hill and get knocked out a little too early or go to Engine and get a lot knocked out or lose unluckily in the final or whatever. And, and winning is, is a habit. So, so for a lot of those youngsters, he has to teach them that as well. Um, and, but, but having both Vlad and Ian at the club, I think, I think is great for the, you know, they, they're people who know that environment. Um, again, it's going to come down to results. And while Cape Town Spurs, I think are one of the favorites, um, we have to take, I mean, including them, there's seven new faces in this league. So, so, you know, throwing out predictions at this point before we've, before we've actually seen some of the squads because they also have until the 30th of November um, to, to sign players and things like that. Some squads, I have no idea who's playing. In, I mean, yeah. in the Glad Africa Championship. I have no idea who's there. And I'm only going to see it when the team sheets are coming out. Yeah. Um, which is weird because normally by now, I mean, it's December. Normally we've had three months of the league. You, This is the time that Jomo starts planning to sign players for January. Um, and we haven't even seen Jomo's team at all. Yeah. You know? And we're not going to see them this weekend because I think they only start next week. And one of those teams is obviously Polokwane City, relegated uh, last season. I mean, I haven't seen anything on Polokwane City. Obviously, they lost their official Twitter page a few seasons ago, and they've really not been active on social media. Um, obviously, Clinton Larson left, and, you know, after getting relegated, what exactly do you expect from them? And how, how do Spurs plan for Polokwane City not knowing? I mean, I just look at the, the DSCV Premiership clubs and I just see old Polokwane City players popping up. Jabulani Maluleke has left the club. I mean, who's going to be playing for them on Friday? And how do Spurs even, I mean, plan for well, well, it's an not, own product? It's not just the DSTV Premiership sides. We've just had the ABC Motsefe playoffs. And I think almost every team had Polokwane City players in that team. Uh, in their squad somewhere. I have no idea, you know, who's actually going to be playing for them. Um, but maybe that's a good thing. You know, they did have, a, they did have an MDC team. Uh, so maybe, they, maybe they've just kept those youngsters. 
Mm. Maybe they're going to sign. Maybe they're going to sign players in the next two weeks. Uh, you know, the thing is with all of with 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 the one positive with all this extended period is you can now go look at the DSTV Premiership sides and say, well, that dude's not playing. Well, this guy's not playing. Maybe they can loan this guy. Maybe we can loan that guy. Um, so I, I, I still think we might see some movement in transfers over the next two weeks with that. And I really hope Paul, I'm not, you know, I, I think Bernard Malekwa also left. Um, you know, that's someone who's been there for years. Um, they're, they're an interesting one because when you get relegated, the natural assumption is, oh, well, that guy must be favorite to get back up because yeah. they, they're used to it. But it's kind of like what happened with Free State Stars. I remember Free State Stars did this, did a similar thing when they got relegated. Most of the players left and, and moved on somewhere else, and they only kept a small core. And it took them about it took them a couple of months to get back on their feet, and then they became a, a little bit of a solid team again. Because, uh, but but for those first few months, Free State Stars had had something. I, I, you, they were they, they just weren't very good. And they were it was it looked like an easy three points for a lot of sides, but then it did come right and it yeah. did balance out, and then suddenly they they got strong again. I think a similar thing might be happening at Polokwane City. Um, this complete refresh. Um, there are a few players uh, we don't know if they they are not. You know, this is the other thing that as you know, I mean, you know, I do the football manager video game as well, so. My, half of my life is researching and chasing. I go search on Facebook pages to see if this player is taking photos <laughs> with another player just to know where they are. And because we don't know who's left. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a, you know, as much as who's signed, sometimes it's, it's, it's who's stayed. Um, and, and so that, yeah, I, like, they're, a, they're a 50, for one, 50 to one for me. I really yeah. have no idea what to expect from them. They yeah. could be the best team and they, they could be the worst. I guess that's the thing with these one plus one plus one plus one contracts we have in South Africa. Um, yeah. so moving on to, to teams that are promoted from the ABC Motsepe. Um, I mean, it's great for me. Pretoria Cullis, obviously, um, I stayed a lot of my life in Pretoria. And then Vizana Pondo Chiefs, which is, they are just, I think they're based 90 kilometers from Margate, which is my hometown. So, I mean, I've got affiliation to both teams. Um, what can we expect from them? Obviously, I don't know much about Bizana, um, but Pretoria Cully is a famous team. And not only that, coached by Sammy Troughton, who obviously also coached at Tux, um, you know, when, when Steve Barker was there as well. Uh, what, do you, what do you expect from them? And can they make a real impact, you know, like a JDR Stars did last season? Well, I don't know what... Uh, you, you, you're obviously closer. Pretoria teams are good. You know, they, they play against each other as well. They train, uh, you know, a lot of the friendlies. And uh, JDR was, I mean, uh, listen, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of their coach as well. Real gentleman of the game, uh, Nemesisi uh, at JDR. And Pretoria Callies, the moment I saw the squad at the ABC Motsepe playoffs and I saw that Sammy uh, was coach, they suddenly became my favorites to get promoted. From from the the ABC Motsepe leagues, um, it is. It's a famous club, and it's also a club where over the years, uh, a lot of players who have uh, fallen off the 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 mainstream have gone in and built their way back up. So they've always had good players at their club. 
um, which means that it, it allowed them to play some good football. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I fancy they could be here to stay now. Um, hopefully, uh, uh, Sammy's an interesting one because uh, he does this a lot with clubs. He, he gives them these moments and then sometimes he's unfortunately also the scapegoat when things start going wrong. So, I, I, or, or he gets approached by another club that's slightly bigger and it, it becomes a business decision. But I, I, think, I think they could be a surprise package this season. Um, I, I, I like, I, I like I, it's, it's the football romantic in me as well. Um, actually, both these teams bring out the bit of the football romantic in me. I'm an Eastern Cape boy. So the bizarre is technically closer to me, even though it is <laughs> geographically closer to you. Um, yeah, they're it's just on the Eastern Cape on, border. Yeah, yeah they, but they're on our side. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that always worries me as well because I kind of wish they maybe, they should have been on your side because over the years, KZN teams have done better in professional football than Eastern Cape teams because what happened... I don't know what goes on at, at Eastern Cape clubs. Um, sometimes there's weird politics. Um, they try to they try to give every Eastern Cape player a chance. Uh, then there's I don't, the squads change too often, and I really hope Bazana don't fall into some of those traps. Um, there's a re- I mean the Eastern Cape. It's there's so much talent out there, and here's a club really from the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to play. Uh, that, that'll be interesting as well. I've heard stories that they might play in Umtata, um, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, they, they, again, uh, the football romantic in me really wants them to do well, but I, I do think it's going to be a, a bigger struggle for them because of the level that's in the Glad Africa Championship at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you look, when you look at a, a new club and you look at what Sekukune are doing and you start seeing the professionalism of their launch, uh, the quality of players they sign there. That's a, there's a big gap between them and the players that are playing for Bazano at the ABC. Um, so I'm, you know, that's, those are the, Bazana at the ABC. Yes, they, they won the thing, but a lot of it was heart, you know, uh, and, and, and commitment more than, than, um, the professionalism, which you wouldn't expect from a team that isn't professional. But now that changes. Now, now half, of, half of, of doing well in the Glad Africa Championship is being professional, is making sure that, that everybody is prepared. Because especially this season where you've got the shortened calendar um, or, or squeezed in calendar, which means midweek games almost, you know, I, I see they almost on top of each other, these games at the moment, which means that you have to learn about conditioning. You have to learn about, um, you know, when when you're playing in in a small area in regional football, your travel is a lot less. So your players don't have to recover the same way. So a lot of those lessons are are, are what's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, And another club that might surprise a few this season is uh, TS Sporting who I think only learned those lessons midway through the season uh, when, when they got promoted. You know, um, it, they, they, their professionalism improved because of, of, wait a minute, we're not in the same uh, type of football anymore. And, and those are lessons you have to learn first. 
you, you touched on TS Sporting there. Um, obviously, they were quite fortunate to avoid relegation in the end of the day last season. Um, you know, what do you expect from them? Uh, are they are they a team that can that can challenge at the top? Well, you all actually know some of the players better because it looks like they just signed the whole bit. Everybody that Vitz didn't sign from the youth academy, they they, they said, "Come on over, come on over." Yeah. Um, but but I actually was so surprised that they were where they were last season. Um, I actually thought they had a pretty decent squad compared to some of the others. But a lot of the time, you know, they they, they didn't get the results that they should have. Um, and, 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 and sometimes it may have been complacency. Um, it may, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I think it was weird watching them slip further, further down because it, it was like, they just couldn't buy a win. You know, it just, it, and, and they started piling up uh, and then it just, it got more and more dangerous. And then you had Jomo doing the exact opposite on the other end. You know, Jomo was like, oh, sure. well, I, I started I, I wrote a story that I actually published on my birthday, but I started writing it back then already saying, you know, this, this could be the end of the, the, uh, another giant of South African football. And Jomo just stuck to what he says to me every season that, yeah, I'll talk to you at the end <laughs> and turn, turn things around. Uh, and I think TS Sporting got caught in that. Um, because the, the thing is, is that when there's so few games left, every result counts. And when other teams are winning and, and you draw, you can get caught, you can, you can keep dropping and you can keep dropping. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, to be honest, last season, the only ones that I, I felt looked like relegation candidates, and that's because they just stumbled at the beginning and just kept falling were Royal Eagles. And uh, I mean, even Mbombello was unlucky. Um, if Look, if, if I don't, what happens in the office often stays in the office. I'd heard about the, that story at the beginning of the season. Well, like two months into the season already. So it, it was always hanging over them, uh, that situation. Yeah. Um, I didn't, uh, and at the beginning of the season, they were terrible, Mbombello. If you if you in the first two months, uh, I can't remember who the coach was, um, but it went it was awful. Uh, and then and they had good players at the time, but the football was just not good. And then they started picking things up in the second half of the season. Um, I felt sorry for them in a way because I I always feel like football should be the reason you get relegated or get promoted. Yeah, I guess maybe playing in TS Sporting's minds were, you know, having the Mbombela United case in their back pocket and, and having Royal Eagles doing so terribly. Um, but moving on to a team you just mentioned, Sikakune, um, they obviously are new, bought TTM's uh, Glad Africa Championship status after they bought the Premiership status. They've signed well. They've got guys like Jabulani, Maloleke, Kapini, and... You know, what do you expect from them this season? You know, maybe they're dark horse for the title as well, especially you know, considering if they've kept some of the players from TTM that came so close to promotion themselves. Yeah, I, listen, they, they're the ones that I, I'm, I've also, I've got to watch Johnny Ferreira a few times over the years. And Johnny's your old school South African uh, flair coach. Yeah. Uh, he lets players play. Um, and when he's relaxed, he can be a hell of a coach. Um, 
last last season and the season before, I think Utengati played some of the best football in the Glad Africa Championship or and the NFD prior to that, before it was that. He he lets players express themselves. And I think he's he, he's got a he's got a squad that's much probably stronger than some of the previous ones he's coached. And the other teams, you know, he's had to make stars and make good players. And, and, and strangely enough, when Utengati signed a bunch of high-profile players, that was Johnny's demise at the club at the same time. And, and maybe it's because uh, um, oh, there were other, there's other politics that happened there. Uh, but uh, I think Sekukune could really be a surprise package. And it's why I, I didn't want to make, you know, to me, like I said, Cape Town Spurs, after the past two seasons as Ajax, they yeah. should be favorites. But this is the thing about a, a, a league like the Glad Africa Championship, that so many teams, well, so many new teams and other teams all press reset. And you actually have no idea what to expect. Um, Sekukune, just, just everything that they've been doing really looks very professional. Um, they also have a lot of other good football brains involved in that club. Someone like Alex Papela in the background. Um, Johnny's brought in a decent technical team. And like you've mentioned, some of the players that are, are, are players who should be playing top flight football. Um, and, and I don't write anybody off because of age. I mean, you saw what, what I mean, were you, were you still at Ajax when Cheesy was there? Yeah, I was. You, you know, I was always upset that he wasn't given opportunities because unfortunately Stanley didn't know him. Uh, Stanley Menzo was coach back then and he saw, he, he wanted to play wide players and, and cheese boy didn't fit into that. And basically I got told a few times off the record that listen, his legs are gone. He's not, the, he's not the same player. And, and I think one of the beauty beauties of our game is, is that you can't write off players from that generation. Yeah. You know, they, they, they built differently. They, they came up with different types of players. Um, and Jabu Maluleke is from that generation. And I have a feeling that if you, we've all seen what Jabu, what Jabu did at Paul Lukwani the past few years as a veteran. He's going to shine in that league. He's that type of good player. You know, there, there are a lot of the times I, I, it, it upsets me when I see a, player from the premiership go down to the glad africa championship and actually look worse you know they actually you like you guys should be dominating this league why are you at this standard jabu maluleke is like that cheese boy was like that when he when you put him on the field he was really good vuyo mere is like that um a lot of these guys, uh, I don't know if it's, it's, it's complacency or whatever. You know, if you're stepping down a league, you should be one of the best players. Yeah. And that I think, I, I think Sekukune have got a, a few players who are like that. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I, 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 they, they are definitely, you know, if, if, I, if you give me money to bet, <laughs> I might put some on them. Uh, I'm still with Glad Africa not willing to use my own money. Before, before we get to your quick fire predictions, we must just quickly touch on Royal AM. Obviously, they've also rebrand, uh, rebranded Real Kings, um, you know, much of the, the Royal Eagles touch. Uh, they've obviously got a 19-year-old club chairman, which is, 
insane if you think of it, uh, you know, where were you as a teenager? Well, I'm a club chairman. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you make of them? And do you think, do you think they can pose a threat this season? Just thinking about, you know, the money they're able to throw it at the club. What do you think it'll be another case of, of, of Royal Eagles underperforming, underwhelming? Well, let's forget Royal Eagles from last season. Um, obviously a different, different situation, but it's, it's what scares me to predict anything great about them is that when I look at Royal Eagles over the past few years that had that uh, Basani money and had their backing and they had the best facilities of a Glad Africa team for uh, uh, before, obviously before Ajax got relegated even, they had superstar players playing for them. Um, Pela was Pela, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and that's just, I mean, they had so many good players but couldn't get it right. Um, Real Kings, on the other hand, uh, were a club that had some really good players and for me showed more signs of possibly getting promoted than Royal Eagles did over the past few years. And unfortunately, most of those players have left the club. So really, this is a, 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 a this is like Royal Eagles from two years ago with a bunch of new players. They've got some really good players. Um, it still is going to come down to how they perform. Um, I, I, I honestly, I, it, I, I've always thought that they are, they're a team that has the potential to be a top flight side, but something has not worked. If it's, uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, not being in KZN, I never know the environment of the management and that. And I don't know how involved they are um, in the day-to-day basis. Do they let a coach uh, do his thing? Um, You know, I've I've heard weird stories from the old Royal Eagles where training had to be halted, until until the new chairman arrived home from school um, to watch the team and things like that. So, you know, now he's the chairman. He doesn't have to go to school. He can be there all the time. So maybe that's, maybe they just needed, they needed the chairman to finish school. Um, and now they're going to move the, move the way up. But, you know, I've, I've, this, it, it's such a, they, they, they have some good players. Um, and not just the recent signings, some of the guys who, who, who were there last season as well. But whether they do it is also going to depend on the performances of a lot of other teams because a lot KZN's kind of like the Western Cape. By having so many teams, you know, uh, from that area in the league, the, those derbies become uh, extra special. And to be fair, the weaker Cape Town teams, which probably is the reason Ajax didn't get promoted, yeah. you know, because the derby adds adds extra tension to these games and suddenly they would lose a game they really on paper should have won but the the spirit of the derby and i think the kzn teams have often had that same thing there's a lot more uh uh fight in an utangati royal am game than there might be in a royal am free state stars game and so that's also going to be interesting i always think that if, if you are a kzn or a western cape team if you win all your derbies you're 90% on your way to getting promoted mm. um, because there's so many teams. Yeah, and I mean, a lot, uh, over the years, uh, I, I can think of when Santos got relegated 
they they still beat uh i think it was cape town all-stars that year or stellenbosch that year or was it yeah and basically ended their hopes of promotion and then they still it, it's just derbies are are another ball game so Rob, I'm not going to ask you to make a pre- pre- prediction for who's going to win or who's going to get relegated. What I'm going to do is just ask you for a for a top three. Who are your three favourites? You know, maybe a few weeks in we can have another chat. You know, once we've seen some team sheets, um, who will be the the top three teams? You know, at this very early stage, and who do you think will make a real statement in the first two weeks of action? Um, um first of all, I'm I'm going to stick with what I saw from last season um, with their new kits and their new logo. I think Cape Town Spurs are going to be a, at least a top three team. Um, and if, if those youngsters step up, some of them who showed signs at the end of last season, they could be, I, I might even go as predicting top two. Mm. Um, Seko Kune, uh, I, I, just, I just had this weird feeling that if they start well, um, things are going to go well. And they've had a nice longer preseason than some of the other new teams over the years because they, they were playing friendlies when the, the NFD was still on. I mean, when Glad Africa Championship was on, they were playing friendlies against some of the PSL teams, which is nice to see. And then I'm going to mention uh, one of the Pretoria teams. Um, I would have said Tux, but I'm not sure still what's happening with the coaching staff there. So I'm actually going to say JDR Stars because I think they're an exciting club. Uh, From the moment I saw them at the ABC Matsepe playoffs, I thought to myself, well, this is a professional team. Everything about them seemed organized and they lived up to it in their first season in top flight. And I think they're going to have learned a lot of lessons from that. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them being the, the dark horses. Well, Rob, we, we appreciate your insight and, and thanks for the chat. And uh, hopefully we have a great Glad Africa Championship season ahead of us. Uh, stay safe. And I hope the, the weather in Cape Town turns sooner rather than later. Yeah, I hope so too. And I hope, I hope we finally get to also see some games because obviously this year um, and no television, um, it's going to be an interesting way to cover the Glad Africa Championship. Yeah. Most definitely. Thanks, Rob. And with Polakwadi and with Polakwadi City not using their Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> in next week's episode, we'll be joined by another prominent name in South African soccer circles as we look back at the CAF Champions League final between Al Ahli and Zamlek, another round of DSTV Premiership action, and the opening round of the Glad Africa Championship season. If you have any questions or things you'd like us to discuss on Disky Discussions, please hit me up at ab underscore basson on Twitter or on Instagram. Aware and keep safe.